back. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a very long few weeks. It's been the longest few weeks. Oh my fucking god. We've been ridiculously busy for the last like two weeks, three weeks. I don't even know what year it is anymore. It's a different year than it was last time. Yeah, it's 2024 now. It's the second, and this comes out on the fifth. <laughs> we have so much to do. It's fine. It's fine. We've got this. I feel like we've done more in less time. We've done more in less time. We've also done less in more time. We we have run the whole gambit, which I hate that word. Of, I thought it was gamut. Is it gamut or is it gambit? I thought it was Gambit. Gambit. I thought Gambit was the dude from X-Men. It's Gauntlet. No, it's Gambit. Oh my god. It's a game. It's Gambit. G-A-M-B-I-T. Gambit. I don't believe you. Oh my god, it's Gambit. Wait, wait. This is... Wait, this is a whole argument. The main difference is in when to use them. Gambit versus Gambit. Oh, okay. Gamut refers to the complete range or extent of something, while gambit refers to a strategic move made in a game or situation. So we've run the gamut, and I run the gambit every day. I use the gambit. So gambit is a strategy word. Okay. And gamut is the range. The more you know. Why are you so quiet over there? What you doing? Are you fact checking me? I'm sa- I'm saving pictures of Gambit to send to you see, to prove to you that this is a real man. Who the fuck? Wait. <laughs> From what? X-Men. X-Men. I think I missed some chapters. No, because... Oh my god, it, are you actually going to bring up X-Men right now? Are we really doing this? It's been about s- two years, so I guess it is time for you to bring up X-Men again. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is Gambit. Oh. Yeah, uh, that's... Actually... I know, you click from, like, the outside looking at him. Yes. I'm good. I love his powers, though. He's so fucking... He's, like, from Louisiana, and he has, like, that nice accent. Well, at least in the movies, anyway. And he's a magician? He's so good. He's... We don't have time right now. Is this a racially ambiguous thing where he's, like... Because he he has flaming magic playing cards, so I'm assuming that he should have been POC and he's not. Let me look up. I don't know uh, anything about this man, but I'm already assuming that this is just... Dude, look at him. He's got necklaces and he's got flaming f- playing cards. Good for him, man. Good for him. Okay, his name is... His birth name is Remy LeBeau. And he has... He's a mutant with the ability to charge matter with explosive biokinetic energy. Playing cards are his weapon of choice as well as a long metal staff. That's a That's a choice. Oh come on! Like flicking cards at people wouldn't be like a cool way to kill people. Like we're okay. We're not doing this anymore. Hi and everyone, welcome and, to 2024. And that's my little mini rant because I rarely go on mini rants in these things. It's my turn to have a fun little thing. Hi everyone, welcome to 2024. My name is Mythos, and I'm Psychos, and welcome to Wicked Anthology. A podcast where I try not to eat into the microphone since I'm sure I pissed off a bunch of people in the first three episodes. So I already ate dinner, but I do have a matcha. So here's the matcha ASMR for you. Oh, that's that's nice. That that was nice. You have to admit that was nice. That was loud. Is it really? 
That so I shouldn't do it again? Hand. Please don't do it again. And I get nerfed again. <sighs> Welcome to 2024. I'm sure that absolutely no one was wondering why you missed last episode's upload. First of all, I am very busy. And this last weekend, I have worked from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 14-hour shifts. <laughs> I'm so tired. So, And that was like my entire two weeks. So my fault it's me i'm the drama physically did not have the time to sit down and record and upload so that's on me um we are both incredibly busy during the holidays you also worked a shit ton more than you usually do and my body hates me for it but it's fine yeah so We've just been really busy and we kind of came to the agreement that, you know, we, we put out the St. Nicholas and the, the Christmas cobweb episode and, you know, we put that episode and we kind of rushed that last minute and I wasn't really proud of that episode. You kind of felt the same way and I was talking over with my mentor and we kind of agreed that we would rather put out like really good content or what we're proud of good content that is you know, maybe a week or two late than putting out content that isn't great just to be able to like keep meeting a schedule. So that is why there was no upload two weeks ago because we just didn't have the time and I would rather actually do as much in-depth research as I can, which is why this month episode was, these two, this month's two episodes, I think it's two, was actually going to be two different stories but I ended up doing so much in-depth research that I'm actually breaking up my episode into two parts. So I'm doing a two-parter, which is okay because so is Psychos. And I think this just might be a thing that we do now where every month is just a little, little theme. I wouldn't be mad at like the themed months. I think it'd be fun to do like a themed month. Nobody's going to be happy with me this month. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. I don't know what Psychos is talking about this month. I know where we are because I need to be able to have some kind of context for what we were doing, but I don't know anything other than the name of it. And I know that there's a family involved and I know that the dog lives, question mark. And that's all I know. All the animals are alive, I think, for the most part. Well, they're not now, but you know, because this <sighs> took Well, don't way to spoil it for everyone. This took place back in like the early 1900s, though. Do you have proof that the animals are currently dead? Based off of most... Do you have proof? Do you have death certificates for the animals? Yes or no? No. I don't have proof that they're alive or dead, but you would think. No, I actually wouldn't. Um, And since you don't have proof, I am under the assumption that the animals are still alive. So... Okay. Shall I go ahead and get into mine, or do you want to keep puffing it up? Okay, well, first of all, rude. Um, Second of all, I don't think I actually have anything to talk about this episode. I definitely, during the last two weeks, had some, like, not-so-subtle shit-talking that I wanted to do about some things that were going on, but um, I just don't have the energy for it. So I think we're good to just get the ball rolling it feels weird to not have anything to talk about in the beginning doesn't it like it's it's yeah. weird it's really bizarre but where are we this episode our house <laughs> i meant <laughs> for the topic <laughs> you asshole we are in j 
Germany, Deutschland. Y'all are not going to be happy with me by the end of this. Nobody's going to be happy with me by the end of this. You especially are going to hate this. Probably. So here's the thing. I So yes, last, last episode we did kind of, we were in kind of Germany a little bit. So I am studying German. I cannot help you with any of these pronunciations though. Um, and I can't even help myself because what I'm reading isn't even in fucking German. Um, but I am studying German. Uh, my family is German. And so I'm trying to relearn German um, to be able to reconnect with that. But it's it's hard. I've forgotten a lot of my my little baby German. So anyway, that's fair. I don't have a whole lot of German in this episode. A lot of it's just like names and places. But beyond that, it's mostly in English anyway. Yeah, fair point. I think we're good to just go ahead and get get going. We God, it's been so long since we record. You do the first episode or you fuck I do the first case if it is a rough case. Thank you. And unfortunately it is so rough. I do know the name of it though. Hanter Kaifek. Yeah. I'm proud of you. You remembered. <laughs> you know, someone tells me I wish I didn't yeah no you're gonna hate all of this i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm laughing because it's i've been so stressed writing these notes i haven't (laughs) the way i first heard about this case was like years and years ago whenever buzzfeed unsolved did like a short five like 10 minute episode on it like back with Mm -hmm. like shane and like the original host of buzzfeed unsolved it wasn't ryan it was i think it was garrett there was someone okay. else before mm-hmm. Shane and Ryan, the boys, the OGs. Yeah, because it just started as like a short little like vinaigrettes of like these are fun weird cases, like tiny like it was like oh and five then to they ten got personalities yeah. involved, and then we were gifted with the greatest thing that's ever been created. Yeah, so that was how I was introduced to this case, and like something that I was been like really fascinated, but I never done like my own deep dive research into it. So doing it for this episode was intense. Um, Right off the bat, I did use another podcast episode as most like my main source. Mm -hmm. And it is episode 124 of Case File True Crime, which is an amazing podcast. He's not you listen. Isn't that what you used to listen to to go to sleep at night? Yes, but not because. uh, Okay. I have to like clarify. It's I not because it's not because you like like listening to true crime to go to sleep. It's because he's so monotone that it's like a lulling like sound. He has a very nice voice and but he also has like an an amazing like he does so much research and so much in depth stuff with everything. Um like he had information in his episode that I couldn't find within like like for several pages of Google. And like there weren't a whole lot of like resources for this that weren't like biased in one way or the other. Like his felt really unbiased. So a lot of information I used for this was pulled from that episode. Just citing my sources now before people like listen to it and be like, wait a minute. Me yeah. this is me citing my sources. I'll go ahead and mention my sources at the top of the episode so people don't get salty at me if I forget them. So for all, by the way, all of my sources are listed in the, in my notes, which will be made public later on. But 
I have two blogs that I used and I read two different books. Also, I had some previous knowledge on this and a lot of TikToks. So many TikToks. Yeah, I had like a ton of YouTube videos that I watched for this. I had a ton of articles and of course that main podcast episode that that podcast episode is my main source. So what and okay. If you are actually gonna sit here and have the audacity to ask me what the fuck I already know about Hinterkaifeck, I'm gonna laugh in your face and you can sleep on the couch. No, I was gonna ask you what horror tropes you feel are most prevalent. I promise this is relevant. That I like or that I don't like? Just, it doesn't matter if you like them or not. That's just that they're prevalent. Very prevalent horror tropes. Like, obviously, like, cheerleader, finer girl, final girl. I can't say that word. I don't know if these count as tropes or, like, themes, but, like, like, uh, Cabin in the Woods, kind of, like, you know, or, um, like, rural city murderer family hayloft by mother mother backwoods shit okay fair is is am i hitting the nail on the head anywhere in this list kind of but not really okay well what about you what do you think huh what do you think are some prevalent fucking tropes that we have here demons how about that possessed dumb bitches who play a ouija board there (laughs) name one movie (laughs) i dare you (laughs) one movie (laughs) okay so (laughs) i have one for you the killer was inside the house the whole time oh my god like the clown sorry yeah actually that's the trope the clown not the clown just the killer was inside the house the entire time the calls coming from inside the house (laughs) okay sorry (laughs) people died i know that's why we're here unfortunately okay so that's kind of like a standard now it's like the calls coming from inside the house the killers inside the house the whole time it's just kind of a trope but a lot of the tropes are kind of well at least to me the best ones are based in reality somewhat and when it comes to these kind of inspirational things not inspirational things but sources to take inspiration from like these cases and stuff Horror directors and writers have been doing it for years. The Gainesville Ripper inspired Scream. The Manson Family Murders inspired, um, well, loosely inspired The Strangers. I didn't know that a lot of, like, popular movie franchises were made based on, like, real... I I didn't know that until recently. I didn't know that until we watched Scream and you mentioned that like it was this and then in it like did a meta thing where they made movies based off of the scream murders but then the scream movies were based off of real murder like that was that was yeah. like dream within that was like inception but like you know billy yeah no like that's i feel like that whole commentary on that was also like making fun of the fact that that's actually what goes on um like for instance have you have you heard of the movie the town that dreaded sundown i've heard of it but I've never seen it, and I don't know what it's about. The Texarkana Murders. The Phantom Killer. I've never heard of that. I'll do an episode on it later. Thank you. And then, like, Ed Gein 
loosely, very, very loosely, inspired the Texas, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The Texas Chainsaw I can English, I swear. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's like one of its made selling points, even back whenever it was first released, was like, this is based off of true events. Most movies that claim to be based off of true events, if they're not paranormal, are based off of true crime cases. Huh. I always thought these bitches just uh, made it up because they were just so good at what they do, but apparently incorrect. Oh, no, it takes a certain level of creativity to take something like so horrific that happened and turn it into this. Hinter Kaifek also had a movie ma- that was directly based on, based on it that was released in 2019. It is now the 102-year-old unsolved case of the Hinter Kaifek murders of Kaifek, Germany. That's the name of the movie? No. That the movie is just called like Hinterkaifeck. I think it's. I could not find a place to watch it anywhere. Like not even bootlegging the movie. There's nothing. This movie does not exist nothing. anywhere except nothing except on IMDb, and it is not fun for me. I was so uh, I was so unhappy. I'm gonna take you back to April of 1922 in the German state of Bavaria, a small little town called Kaifeck. There was dead silence in a farm, not far outside the town limits. It began as a normal morning for Albert Hoffner, who arrived at the farm on April 4th to fix the farm's woodchopper, quickly turned into a morning of horror for Hoffner and the farm's neighbor, Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Reports are varied on who actually went to go look. Some sources state that Hoffner alerted Schlittenbauer, who got two of his friends to come look for them, other state was just Schlittenbauer. However, for our purposes, I am using the version of Discovery that involves both Hoffner and Schlittenbauer. After Hoffner fixed the chopper, he noticed something rather odd, as when he had get arrived- Get in the chopper. <laughs> no, the wood I'm chopper. Sorry. You can't get inside the wood chopper. Get in the chopper. <laughs> I'm so tired of you. This is- Oh no, this is bad. so funny. You're not, because this is actually going to get really sad. That's why I gotta make the jokes now before I get <laughs> Get in the chopper. I'm so tired. Is there a body in the chopper? No. Oh, no. There should be. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and let me finish. <laughs> You're the reason why we're going to hell, okay? You're welcome. <laughs> okay. We're going down with all the other faggots, boy. Fair enough. I can say that. I'm gay. <laughs> Okay, I'm never going to get this sentence out. After Hoffner fixed the chopper, he noticed that something was rather odd. Because when he arrived at the farm, the barn had been locked up and there was the family dog had been inside the barn and was barking repeatedly to be let out. So that's what he saw whenever he got there. But whenever he finished fixing the thing, the barn was now wide open and the dog was now tied up outside. Of course, he's really fucking freaked out. So he goes to the Schlittenbauer residence, which is his, which is the neighbor to Hinterkaifeck. Um, so he goes over there, and he's like, "Hey, this is hap- like this happened." And Lorenz Schlittenbauer, the neighbor, was like, "Okay, I'll come back with you." The two of them discovered four of the four bodies of the Gruber family who had not been seen or heard from since March 31st, stacked on the floor of the barn mixed with hay. The four that they discovered at this point in time were Andreas and Cezalia Gruber, 
the grandfather and his wife, Victoria Gruber, the daughter, and Cecilia Gruber, the granddaughter. So the grandmother and the granddaughter share the same name. Okay. And these four were found with horrific wounds all over their bodies that we will get into in the second, in the next episode. You're going to make me wait until the next episode to figure out what the injuries were? Fuck you. It's okay. You'll be fine. Hofner and Schlittenbauer then moved to search the house because the maid and the youngest uh, Gruber grandchild were still missing. They then found Maria Baumgartner and Josef Gruber in Maria's room, both deceased. Wait, so give me give me a running cast list of who we have and where, because I'm... This family's got so many people in it. Can what? How okay, who was found in the barn? The grandmother and grandfather, um, so Andreas and Cesalia. Mm-hmm. The daughter, Victoria, and then the granddaughter, who's also named Cesalia. I'll give you a nickname for Okay, so her grandma, later. grandpa, mom, and daughter. Correct. Got you. And then in the house you have the maid, Maria. And then the grandson, Yosef. So, okay, so we have grandma, grandpa, mom, brother and sister, and maid. Yes. Where's dad? We'll get to that. Oh, motherfucker. We'll get to that. Let's go back and talk about the Gruber family history to understand how we got to this point with the entire Gruber family deceased. So, first things first. Cezalia, the elder, was the one who inherited Hinterkaifeck. Hinterkaifeck was her farm. She inherited it when she was 35 after her first husband died in 1885. So she has two children from that first marriage who also inherited Hinterkaifeck. In 1886, she would marry the farmhand, a man named Andreas Gruber, who was 27 at the time. Andreas was pretty withdrawn, but always willing to lend a hand to his neighbors. And together they went on to have three daughters, but only their eldest, Victoria, would survive infancy. So now there's Andreas. Cesalia, Victoria, and then Cesalia's two other ch- kids from the first marriage. Are Why are there so, so many people? No, I'm not keeping up with this. This is like t- 50 Brady Bunches at once. I promise um, the two kids from the previous marriage aren't important. Okay, right so now. who's important? What are their names? The ones I have named. Uh, Cesalia, grandmother. Grandma. She's, she's the one who hand- inherited the farm from her husband, her first husband who died okay. in 1885. So this is first husband's farm and Cesalia inherited it. Yes. Okay. And then she, in 1886, she married Andreas, the farmhand. Second husband. Second husband. Okay. So Cesalia brought two kids from the previous marriage into this marriage. With farm, original farm owners' kids. Yes. Okay. Andreas and Cesalia would go on to have three daughters together, but two of the daughters would die in infancy. So she had five daughters. She had five kids total, two from the previous marriage and then three. And then those two of those three daughters passed away. Yes. The only surviving child from both um, Andreas and Cesalia from their marriage is Victoria. So Got you. very important thing to note, Victoria is Andreas's blood daughter. So Andreas, Cesalia, and Victoria. And that's the... So we've got three people so far that are important. Yes. Okay. So the Grubers as a family were never really super social to begin with. So gossip would run wild. There would be rumors that Andreas was an abusive husband and a neglectful father beating Cesalia and starving his children 
which would cause Victoria's sisters to die. So we don't know how true those specific rumors are that he purposely starved the other two daughters to death. No idea. However, there was a kind... There was some truth there because when Victoria was 16 years old, she admitted that her father was sexually assaulting her and that she could no longer bear the sight of him. Oof. I don't know how to respond to that. Yes, yeah, so that's why I said that's his blood daughter. Not that it, it being like one of the stepchildren is any better, because it's not, but I felt the need to drive that home, because according to rumors right now, he starved two of the kids to death and is now assaulting the other one. So, yeah, that tracks. This man is not a good man. Eventually, like her half-siblings, the siblings from Cezalia's first marriage, would move on and leave her behind. But Victoria was a very strong and hardworking woman, so she took on a lot of the work that needed to be done around the house and on the farm. She was also a social butterfly compared to the rest of her family. Mm -hmm. Um, She led the church choir and went to mass every Sunday as her faith was very important to herself. I love that for her, honestly. Yes. I do, too. She... I feel so bad for her. When Victoria was 27, she was engaged to a man named Carl Gabriel, and the couple was married in April of 1914. After the two were married, they were granted ownership of the farm while Victoria's parents remained on the land, living and working the farm. So as of this point, Hinterkaifeck now belongs to Carl and Victoria. So unfortunately, Andrea's abuses were not limited to his blood relatives either. Carl often complained to friends about starvation, bullying and general torment and personally i believe that could be attributed to andreas's anger at victoria being married to someone anyone at all really it eventually got to the point where carl would literally flee back to his parents who immediately sent his ass back they wanted their son to work it out because should the couple eventually have kids hinterkaifeck would pass to the gabriel family so they're looking out for the land and the potential future of their own family mm-hmm. while forcing their son to endure abuse. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Literally, the thing that he did to get away from the abuse, he enlisted in the army to fight in World War One. That's a choice. Victoria was pregnant at the time. Carl would be killed in action, leaving Victoria a widow. So you want to know what baby daddy is? Baby daddy died. Dead. Hmm, interesting. Well, at least I have that update. Well, that's one baby daddy. Because there are two kids and she's only pregnant with one right now. Oh. Drama. Yeah. So, Cezalia, Victoria's daughter, would be born a month after her father's death and named for her grandmother. Victoria became the sole adult owner of Hinterkaifeck, and they now called the little girl Zeely. And she would inherit the rest once she was old enough. Aww. Well, so that's really sad. Unfortunately for Victoria, her bad luck just kind of continued. Six months after the death of her husband, she was arrested and convicted for having an incestuous relationship with her father during the years of 1907 and 1910. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. What? Don't worry, though. Andreas was also convicted for the same crimes. Andreas would also have Good. been. Andreas would also have been in his early fifties during the dates mentioned, 
while Victoria would have been in her early 20s, implying that her father had continued to assault her well into her adulthood. And assuming that it stopped after they got married, but I highly doubt it because the abuse resumes shortly after her husband's death. Victoria actually spent a month in prison while her father spent a year in prison. Once they were released, they returned to the farm and kind of doubled down on this reclusive behavior. Yeah, I, the reason why this took so long for me to write these notes and get this written is just due to how intense this is. And there's no excuse for it. Like, it's fully victim-blaming. The only kind of solace that we get from this is that Andreas just happened to serve a longer term than Victoria did. But there's no... There's nothing there yeah. beyond that. Yeah. Because in convicting Victoria for the incest, it's also pointing at, like, this is your fault, too. It's disgusting. And it only gets worse. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. In September of 1919, Victoria would give birth to her second son, or her second child, a son she named Joseph, or Joseph. She listed Lorenz Schlittenbauer, the neighbor, as the boy's father, because the year prior, in 1918, the two had a brief affair. However, the rumor mill once again began to turn, and speculation spread that Yosef was actually Andreas's son. While there is little to no evidence to support this, Andreas's previous actions have committed many writers, as well as myself, that he is a likely candidate for the true father of Yosef. So, there's that. Unfortunately, while most of Bavaria struggled with the aftershocks of World War I, Hinterkaifeck actually flourished due, thanks to their livestock and the crops they maintained throughout the years. They did well enough to employ a live-in maid and nanny, Crescents Rager, who was 23 years old at the time. We don't really need to know much about her because she wasn't... When, like, she wasn't a victim, but she witnessed so much going on in this household, which is why I bring her up. Crescence was a witness to many things going on, namely how awful Andreas was to Victoria. Examples include telling Victoria that she would never remarry because she would be his as long as he lived. Locking Victoria away whenever anyone came to ask for her hand. And in 1921, she actually walked in on Andreas raping Victoria in the barn. And Victoria then says the most heartbreaking thing, that had she known the maid was going to enter, she wouldn't have, quote, surrendered to her father, end quote. I don't... <laughs> I don't like this anymore. Can we stop the podcast? I I told you that nobody was going to like me after this. Nobody's going to like this dude after this. I I don't like you. So, Crescents would resign after only 10 months and the Grubers would start to look for someone to take over her duties. But honestly, I'm surprised she lasted as long as she did with everything Andreas was doing. And now we get to a fun section I like to call spooky happenings at Hinterkaifeck. So, first, the Grubers noticed that several keys that were important to the day-to-day -day functions of the farm went missing at different intervals. So, like, they would set a key down and that they needed the key to use to gain access to, like, the barn or to the chopper or just to the animals in general. Get and it would go No. And it would go missing. And okay. nobody And nobody knew, where, like, where it went or what happened to it. Like, everybody was like, did you do something to the Like, did you do something with this? And the other person would be like, no. What are you talking about? 
What's going like? It was That's bizarre. Suspicious. That's weird. Next, a newspaper from Munich, which was about 51 miles away from Hinterkaifeck, was found by Andreas. And after further investigation, found that nobody in the area was actually subscribed to this particular um, newspaper. Nor had anyone in the town recently traveled to Munich. Is this place haunted? Spooky happenings at Hinterkaifeck. But, like, he even, like, Andreas even went as far as to question the postman about it. But even the postman was like, I have no idea. Because he hadn't delivered anything from Munich in weeks. So, on March 30th, 1922, the day before anyone saw anybody for the last time... Andreas noticed that the padlock for the machine room was broken and snow from outside had been tracked in, cluing Andreas into the fact that someone had entered the room. When he retreated back outside, Andreas noticed the footprints were headed into the farm from the forest from behind the farm, but none were heading away from the house, meaning that nobody had left. So somebody had came in and was doing something, but nobody had left. Okay. I th- this sounds like it's haunted. That's actually one of the reasons why Crescence would leave is she would hear people walking around upstairs when nobody was awake. Actually, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like someone's living in the house and they don't know it. It sounds like a parasite situation. It sounds like someone is living in the walls of this house and they don't know it. Oh, well. I'm fucking right, aren't I? I'm motherfucking right, aren't I? Not for as long as you think. Um, oh, fuck off. Like, you are right in a way, but it gets weird. It gets weirder. So, Andreas would actually go on to confide, like, the different events going on to his neighbor, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, who offered to lend Andreas his gun and to contact poli- police, despite not knowing... Um, let me rephrase this. Um, he hadn't noticed anything weird or bizarre going on on his own property, but he still offered, like, the gun and, con- like, the contact of police to Andreas. Like, hey, I don't notice anything going on, but you clearly are having a really rough time of things. Let me help you by doing this. Andreas would refuse both offers. So, Andreas would confide in two more neighbors about the strange events, telling one that he believed the strange men were now living in his home and rejected the offer of assistance once again. Because another one was like, hey, do you want us to call the police for you? Do you want to do you need a gun? Do you want us to like stake out your house for a little bit just to make sure everything's safe? And dude was like, no, fine, I got it. But the last dude that Andreas went to about it was like, hey, remember what happened to Crescens that made her want to go like leave like so quickly and the main reason that she gave for her resignation was that the farm was haunted honestly this rumor mill in this small town is a phenomenon that should be studied so much closer because everybody knew that crescents was terrified of footsteps in the attic and she would she would hear those every night after everyone had gone to bed andreas would dismiss this as well it's like no it's not haunted nobody's there just somebody's just staying in my house and it's ridiculous and i'm gonna find the fucker and shoot him like that was his big point to deal with everything i mean go off king but eh. so while her father was dealing with all of that 
Victoria had gone into Kaifik, into the town, to inquire about the services of 45-year-old Maria Bumgarner, as the farm had been without a maid for six months at this point. So, homeboy has been living in the house, or, like, footsteps have been heard in the house for, like, six months, probably longer at this point. So, it's not, like, a true parasite situation where you're not living in the house for, like, years and years and years, but it's getting pretty close. And then, regardless, somebody living in your house that you don't know about, no matter how long, it's it's still weird. Obviously. Yeah. Farm had been without a maid for, like, six months at this point. Maria was, like perfect for the job she had been a maid since she was 1904 and her religious beliefs seemed to mirror victoria's own beliefs however maria was both intellectually disabled probably meaning she just had something now that would be more closer to like adhd or autism and back then they just didn't know how to diagnose it so she was just kind of given the r word label and sent along on her way But she was also physically disabled, and that kind of hindered her day-to-day workload. But despite this, she was also extremely skilled in her role. Her younger sister, Francisca, was the one to accept the role for her, but Maria was thrilled regardless and agreed to come to the farm on March 31st, which was the next day. That night, after everyone had gone to bed, they all heard footsteps pacing the attic back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Andreas went to investigate, but he couldn't see anything because he only found like straw strewn across the floor of the attic and he decided to go back to bed and Zeely went to school six days a week monday through saturday and on march 31st she was exhausted and actually fell asleep at her table during class when she was questioned about why she was so tired Zeely didn't tell her teacher about the footsteps in the attic but told the teacher about how the family had to search for victoria after she disappeared into the woods after a fight with andreas Victoria was discovered at daybreak. Many people, including Zeely's teacher, believed this because Victoria had displayed erratic behavior due to her abuse at the hands of Andreas. Like, Victoria was known for running off into the woods. And, like, there are times where she would, like, strip down to nothing and she would go, like, wait in the river. And it's, like, freezing. It's snow on the ground outside. She's gonna get sick. But whenever you're subjected to that amount of abuse for so long like to the point where it's so likely that you might have had to carry your father's baby i you're gonna not be okay yeah obviously especially at a time like this this is this happened in 1922 so mental health care is non-existent actually a joke oh it's just fully non-existent like, the most that you could get diagnosed with and, like, be taken seriously with was hysteria. And even then, it was, Ooh. like, it was just another way for abusive men to control rem- women. I'm angry. Sorry. So, while um, Zeely was at school, Andreas would search the property again, not finding any evidence of anyone else outside of the family being there. So, he searched again, didn't find anything. That afternoon, Maria, escorted by her sister, arrived at Hinterkaifeck. Despite an offer to stay overnight, Maria's sister decided not to stay and returned to the village. This is March 31st, and that was the last time anyone from the village or neighboring farms saw any of the Grubers or their maid. 
Zeely was absent from class on Saturday, which worried her teacher, but they wrote it off as Zeely being often sick and exhausted. However, her family was noticeably absent from the fields as well. However, despite the fact that the neighbors hadn't seen or heard from the groupers, they heard the livestock and continued to see smoke coming from the chimney of the main house, which mildly kind of like reassured them. So like they could hear the animals, they saw smoke, they're like, okay, these people are probably fine. They might just be isolating again. You know, Victoria's just had this episode, maybe we just need to kind of hunker down for a bit. And Zeely's apparently like a really sick child too. Yeah, so they think they're just kind of like reclusing themselves from the town to like process and like deal deal with everything that's going on. They're just like, were they're okay? Like, they're going through it. We'll check in with them in like a week and see if they like want to go to Chili's or something. Pretty much, yeah. So, on April first, the Shirovsky Shirovsky, I think that's how you pronounce that. Um, brothers stopped by the farm to drop off a coffee order that was um, made in the previous week and there was no sign of the Grubers despite the fact that it was well into the day and the fact and the Grubers however unsocial they might be should be hard at work at this point it should be noted that the brothers did not attempt to make entry into the house or the barn but they did notice that the machine room door was open but no sign of the Grubers could be spotted from the doorway on the 2nd, um, so April 2nd, two of Victoria's, oh gosh. <clears throat> on the 2nd, two of Victoria's, I keep wanting to say Victoria's because I've been dealing with fucking Andreas this entire goddamn episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Andreas is. I know, Victoria's, so two of Victoria's acquaintances from the church had stopped by to walk with her to services as this had been a custom the trio had kind of like adopted over the years she showed so she had herself like a little girl group that she would go to church with and then come back oh besties she was the only one in the family who would go to church um however victoria never showed and the two women proceeded to like go to mass without her on the third so it's now monday the mailman saw that mail dating back to the first had yet to be collected and he did not attempt to make any further contact with the Grubers despite the fact that he saw like all this mail that had yet to be collected. Oop. So he just like, hmm, that's weird. Yeet. Amazing. I love, <laughs> I love the, mm, that's not my problem. <laughs> that sounds a whole lot like not my issue. And on April 4th, the bodies of the Gruber family made and their, oh my gosh, the bodies of the Gruber family and their brand new maid were found. And that is where I am ending my part of this episode. Go pick Oh my up. God, that was nothing. We're only an hour in. Love. I could go. My, my episode, my notes were like eight pages long, but I also go into a lot more detail next episode about like the investigation and the autopsy reports and stuff like it is a lot more detailed i hate you so much right now you gave me nothing i was given nothing it's I like you, you hate me or something i gave you the information about the family it's not enough it's not enough you'll get it later i really do hate you sometimes you know that I mean, if you hate me now, wait till we get to March. Because I have a massive three-parter. I know. 
and you you're won't gonna shut up about hate it. Me. You literally won't shut up about it because I'm so excited for it. I'm gonna have to like have so many like references, and I got like the only book that's ever been written about this goddamn case. I am so happy. You know what? I'm happy that you're happy. I'm not happy for like myself. You know. I know, but you're gonna get a whole lot angrier. <laughs> Actually, I can get more angry. Yeah, you can get like a whole lot more angry. Because I, like, specifically marked where I would, like, split the episode. Uh, you know what? Actually, you're right. I do kind of get angry now. You're going to get a whole lot angrier and a whole lot more frustrated. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I fucking hate you. It's I fine. love you, too. Mm-hmm. I do. This first episode was merely to introduce the Grubers as a family unit and introduce their drama. There is drama, for sure. I don't know if I appreciate it, but there is, in fact, drama. No, what I find completely bonkers is the fact that, like, anytime I encounter, like, a small town on, like, any kind of, like, medium or anywhere, everybody knows each other's goddamn business. And that is true in Kaifek. These bitches knew everything except who the goddamn killer was. And even then, they had, like, so they many did, theories. And they just didn't want to mention it. Oh, no. We'll get to who I think it is next episode. But. <sighs> I hate you. I know. I find it, the thing that's, like, kind of, like, eerie to me is that Maria, the new maid, like, she had just gotten the job. And the 31st was her first day on the job. Mm-hmm. So, literally, shit went down the next day. Yeah, and sh- um, I'll go into this more next episode, but it is highly suspected that the murders happened that night. Ooh, really? Yeah. Ooh. And what's even creepier is that Maria's sister, like, the family offered for her to spend the night with them. So we will never know if her spending the night there would have stopped this from happening at least one more night, or if she would have just been another victim. So it's incredibly bizarre and I'm like looking at my notes for next week's episode mm-hmm. and I am so angry already. I'm already angry and it hasn't even happened yet. Hey, why do you do this to me? It's like mm-hmm. you hate me or something. I know, but I wanted, but there's like the family history itself is so chaotic and so much that I didn't feel comfortable with. Like, I, this episode had to be split in two because including that mm-hmm. awful bit, like, just how bad this family is in with their murder investigation just felt, like, too much. Yeah. And it was too much for me whenever I was just listening to, like, podcast episodes or reading articles. I'm like, this needs to be split up somehow. Like, there's just too much going on at once. And unfortunately, that is how I own phrases. Fortunately, that's kind of like the reality for a lot of these cases is like there are times where you run into a crime and you see the victims and some of them aren't sympathetic. Like not sympathetic, but I'm not saying anybody deserves to die the way that they did. But Andreas mm-hmm. might. I have no sympathy for child rapists rapist in general or anybody who harms children and obviously i mean it sucks to be brutalized like brutally murdered but 
I'm not going to say he deserved it because I don't want to put that energy out there. But you know where I really stand on that. I know, I know. (laughs) But the people I feel most upset by, like their death that I feel most upset by, are the children, Maria and Victoria. Mm -hmm. I don't feel a whole lot of sympathy to Cecilia. There's not a whole lot of information out there about her as a person. Because all the sources focused on Andreas and Victoria. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there had to be some level of complicity there. And that, to me, is worse than the act. Yeah. But we also don't know what the situation was like. We don't know if, like, how she was being abused. Because, like, it's obvious that she kind of was. But we don't know to what point. Mm-hmm. But the second somebody, like, you let somebody regardless of whether or not that is your husband, boyfriend, whatever, I don't care who they are related to you by or if they're your husband or boyfriend, second they lay a hand on your child, that's that's on you. That's on you. And you let it happen regardless of the situation going on. And that is a stance I have stayed hard on my entire fucking life. Yeah. You do not get to... You as a mother... As a, and honestly, both it goes both ways. You as a parent, regardless, the second you let something happen to your child, it's on you. Mm-hmm. And I know that's going to be like, some people are going to be like, whoa, 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 but there's other layers here. There's nuances. <laughs> there's nuances, sure, yes, but I do not care. That child has no way to defend itself. It is your job as a parent to be the line of defense. You do not get to throw your child under the bus just so you can get a breath of air. That's my opinions on it. No, I I fully agree. It's once, like, I don't care what the situation that you're really, I mean, obviously I do, but, like, once you put your kids in that situation, that is, like, a, like, that's, that's on you to take responsibility for that. And if you don't put in the effort to get that situation fixed, then that is, it's, I mean, I agree. Like, that's like you can put yourself into whatever situation you want to put yourself into and it's on you to get yourself out of there but the moment that the situation that you put others into starts to affect them that is your responsibility to fix you know what I mean yeah because like nobody asks to be put into an abusive relationship nobody asks to be abused however once you are in the situation and you notice that it has started to bleed into your friends and family and your children it is no longer just it is no longer just your relationship that you get to decide how it goes because i'm a mm-hmm. like i know how hard it is for people in abusive relationships to fully recognize that behavior is abusive when it's being directed towards them because they can gaslight themselves they can they probably are being gaslit already and manipulated to think that it's their fault they deserved it But I don't, I will never understand how people allow themselves to be manipulated or gaslit into thinking that their child did something wrong to deserve that level of behavior. It's a, like, that's a child. Like, that is genuinely, like, that's a kid. That kid physically could not do anything. Like, that's not on the kid. That's on, that's on you, my guy. And knowing how things were, even now... 
Like, there are people who now will ask, like, say to kids, like, who went through that, like, well, you might have, you must have deserved something, or who, women who see their daughters as competition, unfortunately, I fucking, I hate those bitches. I hate Sigmund Freud, but he was kind of right. There are people who exist who see their children as competition for whatever affection from the husband or the wife. And whenever abuse starts happening between the spouse, like from the spouse to the child, it turns into a, well, you must have done something to deserve it. Or that's what you get for dressing like a slut. Or any of that. And then you're looking at a kid and this kid's like five, six, seven years old. Sometimes younger, sometimes older. But regardless, that's still a fucking kid. And I just don't think Cezalia, the grandmother, I don't think that she is a sympathetic person. Not person, but like, you know what I mean. I don't think that she did anything to stop it or even wanted to stop it i think she saw i don't think so either i think she saw everything going on towards victoria and her husband and their kids it was just like a your actions will have consequences and these are the consequences you've been dealt but of course we're never gonna know if that's the case or not i have made my own judgments based off of my own experiences and while that is a very dangerous thing to do, it is something that I'm still kind of trying to unlearn. But that has colored how I view this woman. Mm-hmm. But you're valid d- in that. Yeah. Nobody deserves to be brutally murdered, though. Mm. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well. This is. I have some names. I do, too. But. In my opinion, this is probably one of the worst ways I have seen people die. Mm-hmm. And, well, I haven't seen, but, like, worst ways that I've researched that people have died. And it's not great. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. This is a very complicated case because you have victims who are definitely, like, oh, that's so sad they didn't deserve this and then you have victims who are like well maybe they did Mm -hmm. and it's to me it's just another way of what would you wish on your worst enemy and you have a lot yeah (laughs) i know and you kind of have to like wrestle with the moral question of that especially in a true crime space Mm -hmm. like he's not a good man and she's likely not a good woman but like does does your moral shortcoming justify like a gruesome end yeah like does it justify this and do we as people who are looking into this case as people who interact with this case are we so are we allowed to be the one to cast judgment on that are we allowed to be like this is wrong or they deserve it because everybody's going to have a different opinion Mm -hmm. and it's just a very interesting part of the true crime space that I've started to like come more and more into contact with as I 
do more research on this because I've met people like not met people, but I've like seen people on like forums and stuff talk about how, oh, this person's awful. They deserved their horrible, brutal death. And I see somebody else come in and be like, but that is not the murderer's job to play judge, jury and executioner. We have to let the justice Mm -hmm. system do its thing. We have to give the justice system the opportunity to do its thing. And as somebody who's personally been failed by the justice system, mm-hmm. and there are plenty of people in the forums and in the world who have been, how how are we supposed to trust that the justice system will do its thing? Because yeah. it definitely didn't serve Victoria. Mm-hmm. It blamed her. So there's a lot of... There's a lot of nuance in this situation. I think. There's so much nuance and nothing's ever cut and dry and that's partially why i chose this I chose to continue with this case because it's so to me exemplary of one of the major issues going on in true crime right now like in the community do we always like this person is awful was an awful human being in life and just because they were murdered does not mean they should be immediately become a saint However, does that mean this person deserved to die? And it is a very, very controversial thing going on right now. Like, I feel like that's always going to be a controversial like topic. Is like the the moral, the like morality of it all, and like the you know what I mean. Like, just I feel like we're never going to be able to have an opinion on that because it really just depends on the person like there's so many biases that can really influence how you feel people should be treated based off of what they've done in their lives like I know I'm a very harsh person like verbally I'm a very harsh person like if if someone comes to me and is like oh this person did this I'd be like kill him not literally but you know but then when it comes to me and like we've discussed this multiple times like I'm very forgiving um because like to me personally I can't hold those grudges but like if someone were to hurt someone else it's like like absolutely no and you're kind of the same way um so it's like you know the victims can say oh well you know I don't want this to be you know held on to whatever but then the people that are observing it like me and you can look at it from the outside and be like oh they were terrible people and blah 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 like there's there's so many perspective on it there's so many perspectives on it that I don't think you'd ever be able to like answer that question just there's no like one catch-all answer for it the only catch-all answer that I will accept regardless is listening to the victims if the victim does not want x y and z to continue going on or they don't want xyz to be portrayed in this manner that is them that is what we should listen to their opinions on it and not opinions listen to them about it because it's not an opinion to them yeah because honestly at the end of the day we're not the ones who have to live with it they are and how the world responds to it is going to really impact how those victims continue to live their lives even if we're not happy with the conclusion that they want us to come to I mean, we owe it to those people who went through that stuff to, like, you know, handle it that way. Yeah, like, I've 
read and researched so many cases where like you have people who have held on like the victims families have held on to that hate and that anger for the person who took their loved one from them for so long then i have other i've seen other cases where um you have the victims a family show nothing but compassion and forgiveness to the person who took their loved one from them and it's and, just they can't physically live if they don't show forgiveness yeah it's a very i think it's a different ways people heal some people heal with that hatred and that urge to make sure that person never hurts anybody ever again and others heal more with forgiveness with love and compassion mm-hmm. i've never been that person to forgive for my own healing so i personally don't quite understand it Mm -hmm. but if that is what somebody wants what a victim's family or the victim themselves want we need to honor that because if we don't it turns into this weird complex of like almost telling the victim like you don't know what you really want you don't know what you're asking for and it almost re-victimizes that person again and again it's so yeah. weird and bizarre. I'm sorry. We went off on a little like a slight tangent. But this case is just so intense and nuanced. And there's just so much to go, to go into here mm-hmm. that it felt like whenever I did, I had to do it with some level of attempting to make clear where I stand. Even if my stances aren't exactly cut in stone or like black and white because nothing's ever black and white in cases mm-hmm. sorry i'm just doing a lot of like agreeing quietly with you i'm not really talking much during your section i'm sorry i'm 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 processing like just the shit show that was that family and unfortunately families like that exist like everywhere. every literally everywhere like it it's so wild to me that there are still places that argue that like treating your family this way is like normal and good. I don't know. It's mm, I don't know, man. I just yeah. I just work here. For full transparency to our listeners, I grew up in a very similar situation. Like almost eerily similar to a situation like this. I did not. So I Yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. That's wow. <laughs> Savage. Who hit you with the asshole stick today? Fuck. (laughs) Sorry. But no, that's full full transparency. The reason why I shared that was because that those experiences growing up have led me to have a very biased view of the world. Yeah. You're very jaded about this case, which makes sense given everything that, you know, you've gone through. And it's not whenever. Okay. I'm not saying you're jaded in a bad way. I'm not saying you're dated in a bad way. I'm saying that it, I, you're harsh about this topic because of what you've gone through and the frustration that you're feeling right now is 100% justified. You are jaded about this and you have a right to be jaded about it. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing it out that you are, but I'm not saying that it's a bad thing because that's, it's your trauma. You have a right to be upset about it. Oh, no. Like, I totally understand. And honestly, I agree with the fact that I am jaded. I am biased, especially when it comes to these sort of things. And that's partially what drives me 
so much whenever I deal with cases that involve children in situations like this. This is, I know that I physically am not able to do much of anything just telling their stories, but I feel like if even one person hears their stories and understands just the gravity of the shit they've gone through, then maybe that person, that child, that whoever is going through something like this has somebody there to listen. Mm-hmm. I'm and sorry no one was there to listen to you. Don't do that to me. I'll cry. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sorry that no one was there to help you. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. And I'm sorry that you have to try and get through the story while also probably reliving it. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. And I'm happy that you're telling this story. Yeah. I To make you feel better, do you want to look at where your cat is right now? Do you want to see how she's like contorted herself into that <laughs> fucking part of the cat tree? Because that My cat tree section is like half her size. And she's literally <laughs> in there by like tension alone. I'm so proud of her. I love her so much. Her head is like, like she literally has contorted herself into a box that is half her size. And you know how some cats are like 90% fluff? Your cat is 10% fluff and 90% muscle. Like your cat is lovingly like, like buff pedo bear. You know what I mean? Like she, you pick her up and she's just, she's built like a Mack truck. (laughs) She's. I can see her collar. She's just contorted herself. <laughs> Should I go get her? No, because she'll get mad at you if you move her. Because she hates me anyway. She doesn't hate you. Yeah, she does. She bites me every time I try to pet her. Because you play with her so aggressively. She doesn't. Because move. because I okay. I lay in bed and your cat comes up to me. And, okay, so the way that we sleep is, like, I fully cocoon psychos, right? But because of that, my my digits, my fingies, they just kind of, like, float in the, like, bed void. She will come up. This is why we don't sleep with the cats in the room. She will come up and just bite on my hand. Like, in the middle of the night. Like, I unprovoked have done nothing to this cat. And she will just come up and assault me. <laughs> Okay. Does she no? Actually, because I literally no, 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 woke no, 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 you no. up when she did it. Does she actually bite you or does she nip you? There's two different. There's it's completely different. She walked up to me. She wrapped her teeth around my finger and she bit me. She did not nip me. My finger was fully in her mouth. She bit me, and she didn't bite me hard. And it's not a nip. Okay. She bit me unprovoked regardless of if it was a nip or not she walked up to me unprovoked in the middle of the night when i was in my most vulnerable state and she fucking bit me so fuck you because you know who else does that you (laughs) to be fair you do the same thing to me i don't want to hear it i don't know what you're talking about Mm. i've never bit you (laughs) can we take a break i gotta pee we're going to announce it this time. We're going to take a short break so that I can go to the bathroom. Um, we can try to finagle Psychos's cat out of her current predicament. And it, I need a snack. Per- and a monster. Predicament. Fuck you. <laughs> You're the one who made the pun, not me. Anyway. You get back at that kitchen. You do what God intended. You make cookies. I will. For context. Um, no, let me. It's my story. 
So uh, yesterday, was it? So yesterday, um, I got called into work pretty like pretty last minute. Um, as opposed to today, where I got called in at the last minute. Um, so I took psychos with me to work, and uh, they ended up working a lot longer than I did, and. I was hanging out in the uh, back office, not where I usually work. I was, I was in a different area. And we were we were there like all day. And I was super tired. And I didn't feel like driving to go get food because we live or like where we work is in a pretty, pretty like busy area. And I didn't want to deal with the traffic of like having to go down there and then get the food and then go back. So I just ordered us Panera. Um, which I don't know if they're on the boycott list. I probably should have looked into it, but I ordered Panera and they didn't give us our fucking cookies. And this is like the fifth time. Here's the thing. When I order my food, I usually don't have issues like on my own ordering food. It's only when I order for the both of us that shit goes missing. They just like see a big order and just lose their fucking minds. I had ordered food and I had ordered us two cookies and they didn't show up. Well, one of my coworkers um, had like an hour break. And so he went home. And this specific coworker is like the worst. Like, if you even mention remotely that you don't have enough money to buy food, he will actually pull out like like 20s and just throw them at you. Like, that's just how he is. So I had uh, um, asked him, I was like, Oh, are you going home? And he was like, Yeah. And I'm like, Do you have cookies at home? And he was like, Not that I'm aware of. And I was like, Damn. He's like, why do you ask? I'm like, I just really want cookies. Because I was more upset that Psychos didn't get a cookie than like me not getting it. Like, I can go without. I'm not a huge sweets person anyway. As I've, I thought I was a huge sweet person. And then Psychos pointed out a while ago, like, you don't really like sweets much. I'm more of a savory person, which is really weird. No. See, here's the thing. Mythos thought they were a sweets person. And then they met me. I am, my sweet tooth is all of my teeth. I am, I love sweet shit. You have a sweet mouth. Yeah, you do. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> Gotta start. Like, We should start like a drinking game. Take a shot every time. Every Somebody. time Mythos hits on Psychos, but in like a really weird, like just stupid way. Like it's it's not gross. It's just one of those things where you're like, mom and dad are flirting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Story. So my coworker had messaged me. Like, 30 minutes into his break. No, like, probably 20, 20 minutes into his break. And was like, hey, what kind of cookies did you want? And I was like, no, we're not doing this. You don't have to get me anything. I'm just upset that I didn't get Panera cookies. We had another set that was going on, and he was running it. Um, he was just taking a break between sets. So we had another set to run. So he he comes back, and I'm I'm hanging out in, like, the main office area. Now I've moved into the main office area. He just walks in and throws this giant bag of like warm cookies just at me. And he was like, here you go. And I was like, where the fuck did you get these? He's like, I made them. He went home and on his hour break made me and Psychos just like a batch of cookies. And like Psychos didn't know this because Psychos was in the middle of doing touch-ups on one of the sets that had just finished up. Because, you know, shit gets messy. Um, oh, I was wondering when this happened. So this was while I was just cleaning yes, up. Yes, this was while ah, you okay. were finishing up the last set. Okay, got it. Got so it. you were in the middle of cleanup. And I was just hanging out um, because uh, his next set was about to start. And, um, like, people had already started arriving for it. He Yeah, he just threw this bag of cookies at me. and was like, here you go. 
And I was like, okay. And I took one out and I ate it. And like, I wanted to eat it in front of him to like show that I really liked it because I do really like it. But it was like 90% chocolate chips. And I don't like sweets. And so Psychos just asked me, this was yesterday. So Psychos just asked me today and was like, are you okay if I eat the rest of these cookies? Like, are you going to be upset? And I'm like, I literally don't, like, I had one and that's all the sweets I can handle, like, take them. Like, when I just had a snack and it was barbecue chips because I I don't like sweets that much, which is very different from when I was a kid. I would have, like, a bowl of ice cream every single night, but now, now I'm good. The sweetest thing I like is my my vanilla matcha. We are also in the hour, we are also in the hour of the monster. Yeah, we've we've cracked open the monster, but also you're speaking of which, the only fucking place that sells Rosa monsters, which are my favorite monster, is fucking Winko, and I I'm so mad about it. Well, that sounds like a skill issue. <sighs> oh, I hate you. So Finally. Much. Finally. <laughs> You've been how long have you been holding that one in, huh? No, because it does. There's no other situation that I could use it in because you use it all the time against me. That's because it's funny when I do it. Oh. Okay. Oh, baby. Don't even do that. I'm messing with you. <laughs> I know. I'm just oh, Winkos are head. entirely across the West Coast and Texas. Y- yikes. Amazing incredible even so the east southern like east coast southern version of that is like every mom and pop store that you go to that has no 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 let me explain let me explain okay that has like that those random things that you cannot get anywhere else and when you do find them they're super cheap so you want to keep going to that store, but because they don't really have the same things that you need in your day-to-day life, you don't really go there that often. Or it's because it's so out of the way, you either go to the Bilo or the Harris Teeter before you hit up this mom-and-pop store. Winko's is Winn-Dixie. No, it's Piggly Wiggly. Winko is Piggly Wiggly. Oh my god, you're right. I lied. It is Piggly Wiggly. I literally was trying to explain it to one of my other coworkers, my child. I was trying to explain it to him the other day. And oh my god, he called me out too. He was like, I love the southern people just add S's to shit. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you call it Winko's. It's called Winko. And I was like, fuck, you're right. Because like Winn-Dixie, I don't call it Winn-Dixie. I call it Winn-Dixie's. You know what I mean? I call it Winko's. And he only has, he has one other friend who's from the south who calls it Winko's. Everyone else who was born and raised in the north where we are calls it Winko. Which is weird. I, it's disgusting. I hate it. Anyway. Um, it just sounds like there should be an S there. Right? Winkos. Like, it, it sounds It just better. feels right. It's wink. Anyway. Why are we talking about this? We have Rosa Monsters now. Psychos drank my other Rosa Monster, which means now I have none. And um, Winko's was Hey, out. you said I could. <laughs> I did say you could. Winko's is also out of roses right now. So I had to buy white ones, which are my other favorite ones. So, mm. Wait, how did we get here? Oh, cookies. Yeah, cookies. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so well, go, wait a minute. Look, regardless, guess what? It's my turn now. Yay, hopefully it won't be as depressed. I don't think it's depressing. Do you think it's depressing? No, I'm just talking about like my general mindset after my segment. 
I am going to go ahead and say this now. I cannot pronounce a single fucking name in my story. So if you come for me, jump off a cliff first. Just to test your endurance. And then, then we'll fight. Let's not. Okay, so today I'm talking about Loki from Norse mythology, not from Marvel. We might touch on that, though. Okay, so what do you know of Loki? Like as a like a like a concept. What do you know about Loki? What I know now versus what I knew before you kind of started feeding me information because um mm-hmm. depending on the cases that both of us do like cases and stories we do, sometimes we like feed each other information. And you've been feeding me information and I kind of have come to the conclusion that what I knew was kind of wrong. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's a little wrong. (laughs) I had always been taught that Loki was a trickster and kind of a malicious one at that. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't a, he wasn't like just a fun loving dude. He was very malicious with his intent. He was very evil. Evil, yeah. And um, I knew that he has a wife, Sigyn. Mm -hmm. I know he has... At least three kids. I think there actually might be five, but I know three off the You're top of close. my head. You're close. There's six. Okay. I know three off the top of my head. I also am forgetting the fifth one for some reason. I know the horse. That That's the one I was forgetting. Okay. I know the horse. I know the world snake, mm-hmm. which scares the mm-hmm. shit out of you. I am terrified of that. So, And then I also know um, hell. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Stop mocking me with the fact that you know where the mute button is, you Mm. asshole. I also know that at some point he was I don't remember what he was punished for, but he was punished for something. And one of his punishments was being strapped to a bowler and Mm -hmm. Sigan would catch poison or like venom in this um, bowl. And she would like run Mm -hmm. out and dump it out and then run back. And that story, like... Obviously, I don't know, like, the full details of it, but, like, mm-hmm. hearing that blurb of a story always kind of made me question how bad Loki must have been. Because who, if you're looking at what pop culture knows about Loki, like, outside mm-hmm. of Marvel and outside mm-hmm. the shows, like, you just know this dude as, like, this evil motherfucker. Like, why would he have somebody who is so willing to do something that is probably heartbreaking to watch mm-hmm. and heartbreaking to do why would that person be there for him so that's kind of when i figured out that like mm, maybe something's off here <laughs> and then of course Correct. i know and then of course i know a little bit from um the mechanisms but we're not going to get into that there's not enough time in the world did you just did you just put your rusty quill in my podcast did it's you just, just put your Rusty Quill in my not, podcast? It's not Rusty Quill. It was, it was, it predates Rusty Quill. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you just put your Johnny Sims in my podcast? Did you just put your fucking Johnny Sims in my podcast? Listen, okay. Listen. Shut up. Shut up. Listen. 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 Listen, Linda. Listen. I'm trying to do what the Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Johnny Sims, if you're listening to this, which you're not, not. shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) 
Johnny motherfucking Sims. If you are listening to this right now. I'm in your fucking walls. And I have words for you. I hate you. I hate you so much. I hate you with every fiber of my goddamn being. I hate you so much. What the fuck is wrong with you? Thank you for the Magnus Archives. Anyway, I have gotten everyone at work to listen to it. You know who I was surprised has listened to it? Really? Yes. I mentioned it and he was he was like, oh my God, I love the podcast. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I've listened to it. I'm like, really? He doesn't look like the kind of person who would listen to it. Every other every other word out of his mouth is something about baseball, which I, I'm not even going to try and say. I hate baseball. Anyway back on track back to this podcast today we are going to be talking about loki specifically from norse mythology now i'm gonna break this up into two parts i'm gonna skip over a couple myths um in reference to his origins but again this is gonna be a two-parter so next episode i'm gonna talk about the in-depth lore and the myths that he's part of um but I'm also going to be touching on um, some like witchier stuff to it. So if you want information about the entity Loki, this is the episode. If you want information on the witchy side and the practicing pagan side of Loki, next episode is going to be like your fucking bread and butter. Cause I fucking got you, fam. Um, but for now, that's not what we're doing. So first of all, Loki is typically physically described as very handsome with long blonde hair which i didn't anticipate um though most depictions of him by like artists and like modern pagans usually have him with orange hair which i think is probably more adept i found a few places that said that he has long blonde hair but most people associate him with orange hair so we're just gonna go off the fact that he was a ginger contrary to other norse gods um loki is actually described as being quite thin and lean as opposed to big and burly and like buff and you know big rock hard belly like most norse gods are described as and he's a little probably taller than average given his lineage which i'll get to in a minute loki also has the ability to shape shift so the previously described description of him is probably going to be like his like baseline look um but outside of that he has appeared in different mythologies as a salmon or salmon if you're an asshole a mare like you actually you know what i think i'll eat the rest of those cookies <laughs> but i've only had one what cookie <laughs> shut up he (laughs) he's also a shapeshifter who appears in different mythology as a salmon a mare a fly and maybe a woman named talk (laughs) there you go (laughs) slay we love that for him sometimes he's helpful sometimes a weenie it's fine he's also said to have an insane appetite he can eat and drink pretty much anyone under the table loki is said to represent mischief in his most natural form as it appears in the world so mischief but not in a malicious way just like general mayhem he is known to cause problems in a lot of mythology 
but he is also always the person who resolves whatever he's gotten himself or others into. So that's just a little bit about his base personality. And then we'll get more into everything else later on. So he is the son of Farbauti, F-A-R-B-A-U-T-I, um, and Lefay, who is a goddess. I think his father was a giant, and Lefay is um, his goddess mother. Like Morgan Lefay? Oh, is it Lefay or Laufey? It's L-A-U-F-E-Y. I think it's Laufey because I think it's Laufeyson or... Laufeyson, yeah. Makes sort of sense. Wait, what were you talking about? Because you said Lafay, and my brain went Morgan Lafay, like Arthurian legend Morgan Lafay. Oh no, I just can't pronounce it. It's probably Laufey. Oh okay. Sorry, I'm stupid. You're not. My brain. He has. No, it's again. I can't pronounce these names, and I didn't look up a translation for it. And also, this is my lineage, so you can get fucked. Um, he has two brothers as well, which I did not know. Loki is probably the middle child, let's be honest here. He is married to Sigyn, and they have two sons together, Narfi or Nari, um, N-A-R-I or N-A-R-F-I, and Vali. So Nari and Vali are typically what they're called. He's also the father of Hel, which is the goddess of the underworld kind of it's where the dead go that don't go to Valhalla kind of a thing um he's also the father of Fenrir who's the big scary wolf how did I forget that I how did I forget that I don't know like I knew it too I just and Jormungandr which is the world snake yay um you sound terrified (laughs) Um, and the mother of those three is the giant. It's okay. So I have a definition for this term. It's I can't pronounce it. It's J- Jotun, J-O-U-T, J-O-T-U-U-N. Sorry. Trans- it's, so I wrote a little description in here. Translating this as giant would do a disservice to the original beings this refers to. While this is translated as giant in English, these beings were not the most modern version of what people understand to be giants. They were the same size as gods, sometimes holding just as impressive powers, but were more like distant cousins to gods in the sense that they were more unrelated by their actual being than their presence, than their appearance, sorry. They were rarely described, but when they are described, they're said to look like man. The women are said to be rather beautiful as well. This term and the uh, term Eotin describe the same beings, one term just being Old Norse and the other one being Old English. Other beings can be described as or having the likeness of Jotun, Jotun. so there's room for these to cross over. So I think it's just like they're not gods, but they had the appearance of man like gods do. So, but they have the same rough abilities as the gods. So there's okay. that. So it's like gods, and then there's like this other species that can it's be like, like it's like the gods exact same thing. It, it's like gods distant cousins, basically. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, I wonder if that one. I think hmm. like the yon. Is it Yotut? It's the J O J O T U U N. I think that's what Marvel tried to place, like, did for Loki. Mm-hmm. 
like with the ice giants and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, you're you're in the right ballpark there. Um, so the mother of Fenrir Hell and uh, Jormungandr, I'm really struggling pronouncing their story. Their mother was the giantess, re- loosely describing, um, Angerboda, A N G R B O D A. Loki, also in the form of a horse, um, was impregnated and gave birth to Slipnir, which is the six-legged horse. Yay. Some people suggest, uh, family-wise, that Loki is actually Odin's brother, while others argue that they're not actually related. They're just, like, sworn blood brothers. I started this research, and then later on, I actually ended up reading two different books, like, fully read two different books, to kind of get a more in-depth of how Loki works. And it seems like by a lot of people who actually follow Loki, it's generally considered that, or maybe just the lore gives way to this, that Loki was um, brought in to the gods. I don't know if it's the Aesir or the other one. I don't know. Um, But he's basically brought in as um, a blood brother. He was basically adopted in by Odin. And so they were considered to be blood brothers. I don't think there's actually any evidence that they're biological brothers. I think people just are stupid. I don't know. There was also debate on who his parents initially were um i guess there are some people that argue that he was part of the original trilogy of gods that involved odin but there's also arguments that he came from the giants that predated odin so take that as you will so some people agree some people don't agree i think some people just like to argue his father's name however um for Bauti, F-A-R-B-A-U-T-I. Again, probably pronounced that wrong. It means cool striker. Fun facts. And there is a theory that um, the one of the books that I was reading, she mentions that the heat from Laufey and um, Fabauti, the mother and father, the parentheses I wrote here, the writer thinks that when striking, lightning struck a tree, uh, is given different meanings, kind of like the birds and the beads. Um, Loki and his brothers popped out of that fire because uh, Laufey, I think, actually translates to something similar to like branches or trees or leaves, something like that. So the idea is that lightning struck a tree and it burst into flames and boom, Loki's there. So, yay. His mother also is called Nal in some cases. And her name comes from the word meaning needle. This becomes relevant later, so just bear with me on this. Um, we don't know if she's a giantess or a goddess, but in the text, um, in myth, like in mythology resources, like in, uh, archaeological resources, her name is listed among the goddesses of Norse mythology, which could be why he took her name instead of his father's name when he like ascended. It basically means that, ascended. God, I'm in the dawn, my brain. Basically meaning get out of the brain, get out of the brain, get out of the brain. (laughs) Get out of the brain, man. I'm like balls deep in TGCF right now. Basically, some people consider that maybe Loki took on his mother's name to kind of solidify his place among the gods because he was technically adopted into it because he's basically a half breed. Um, But others just think that maybe he was just closer to his mom as like a person. Yeah, sounds like a middle child. Yeah. So um, Loki in general, and this is, you know, part of the witchy stuff too, is um, he's associated with horses, salmon, flies, and he's also tied to wolves and serpents. Shocker. He's associated with flames and the color red, black, orange, yellow, gold, and copper. 
Sigin is theorized to represent the act of giving offerings to a fire, and Loki might be what represents the ceremonial fire. There's a lot of debate because there's not actually no there's no history or record of set groups following Loki the same way that you would have like basically lovingly cults and followers of other gods. But if Loki represented the ceremonial fire that offerings were given into, that would explain why there was no followers over him because he was involved in every single ceremony at some point or another. The scents, like smells associated with him are bonfire, cinnamon, earthy scents, spicy scents, and tobacco. And the runes that are connected to him are kenaz, which is the torch uh, translated in, from Anglo-Saxon Anglo-Saxon or illness or disease translated from Old Icelandic and Burkano, I've actually never tried to pronounce that out loud, uh, meaning birch and it represents growth, fertility and the womb and um, Hagalaz which is um, represents the destructive chaos uh, that like has benefits in the long run so those are some little associations for people so a quick question yes because Loki is associated with that fertility rune, would that sort of make him like almost like a fertility god in some ways? Yes. Or... And it also ties to the fact that since Loki was technically a, he's mothered four children. Um, he, so Loki, I get into this more in episode two, in the next episode, but Loki is kind of considered to be more like gender ambiguous. He, has been both male and female and like kind of just like in the middle on the gender spectrum. I use he for Loki because that's just kind of what I've been accustomed to. Um, and personally, I've never had any issues with Loki when it comes to using he, him. So that's just what I've been using. Um, but there are many people who refer to Loki as she or they. Um, not so much it. That's a whole different situation. He is He would technically be a fertility goddess, but I think in a very different way that other Norse gods are technically fertility gods. He's more of a chaos god that just also could be like chaotic fertility, which is like not the vibe all the time. I mean, yeah, not all the time, but sometimes you just need a little chaotic fertility. Fair enough. Okay, so this is where... I may have stumbled across a Nazi question mark. So I'm going to read what I wrote and I kind of correct myself the farther I go. So, cause this also, I'm going to read this verbatim. So people cannot agree on Loki's origins at all. Some people think that he was initially a fire God and people who are convinced that um, Norse mythology is actually just a bastardized version of the Christian myth, compare him as the counterpart to Loki. And the subject that I was reading this from literally, or sorry, Lucifer. Lucifer. Okay. Lucifer sorry. to Loki. Yeah, Lucifer right. to Loki. Okay, because like you said that and I'm like... I, no, I confused myself. So, so some people think that he's a fire god and people who really want Norse mythology to be a bastardized version of Christianity say that Loki is actually the counterpart to Lucifer. And that Norse people basically just um, misunderstood Christianity. And this is kind of when I realized that this source just really wanted Loki to be Lucifer and really wanted Christianity and Norse mythology to be the same thing. Which is a big ick. Other people say that Loki is just like a very basic trickster spirit 
Like there's nothing interesting about him. And a third person agreed or a third person argued that he was initially just a spider. Just a where spider. Have, where have I heard that before? I don't know. <laughs> um, and another fourth person literally said there is no conclusion that can be made about Loki. So literally he could be basic, he could be an animal, he could be Lucifer, or he could be nothing. Like that's all your options. You get you get you get Lucifer, spider basic bitch or nothing i don't like any of these options so i've elected to ignore all of them this is where it gets weird this guy thinks loki i i want you to guess the next word that's going to come out of my mouth what do you think this guy thinks loki is is this the tiktok dude that you were telling me about? no 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 we'll get into that next episode okay um i don't know (laughs) this guy thinks loki's the antichrist Which honestly, good for one him. of these days, I really just need to go into a. Please do an episode on the Antichrist. I on love the, the Antichrist. I love. I am obsessed with revelations. Revelations, right? Not revelations. Yes. It is revelations. However, the Antichrist <clears throat> is actually never physically mentioned in Revelations. I am obsessed with the downfall of Christianity as written in whatever version of the Bible it's in. I. Mm, it's just pure dark chaos and it's the sexiest thing christianity has ever done you know here's the thing because you're gonna get really upset whenever i actually do go into the history of the word antichrist because it doesn't mean what you think it means fair point so when i do do that you're gonna be really disappointed and i'm so sorry because i know you love like the antichrist i love the antichrist ascetic (laughs) i know because you are the antichrist oh my god thank you (laughs) i mean technically so am i if we're going based off of the true meaning of the word okay wait don't spoil it for me can i get back on track (laughs) yes okay anyway loki's the antichrist moving on i mean accurate but go off okay so this guy john lindo lindau linda says that there is a reoccurring pattern in the bond monster in norse mythology as being associated with loki he says that him and his three children by the giantess are all bound in some way and then break free um, to cause Ragnarok, basically. And this lends to a par- parallel that the Christian legend um, has of being bound awaiting last judgment. So basically, because Loki is consistently depicted with the imagery of being bound and all of his children are bound in some way, um, or at least just three of them. I guess he doesn't give a shit about the other three. This leads him to believe that Loki is actually the Antichrist because I guess the Antichrist is just held up in a room somewhere, basically twiddling his thumbs until last judgment comes. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so in this, uh, in another book, Myths of the Norsemen, um, which I actually own this book, so I read three books on this. H.A. Gerber states that Loki was merely the personification of hearth fire and the spirit of life. Over time, Loki became good and evil, then eventually becoming what is considered the parallel for Lucifer, so like the Prince of Lies of the Aesir. So, and and this is, this is where I realized that the book that I currently own is written with the Christian bias in mind because he really also wants Loki to be Lucifer. And I don't like it when people put their Christianity in my salad. So there's that. And I get in Christianity has been a thorn in Loki's side 
since its fucking inception i swear to god like it's genuinely caused loki so many problems like i did not re- look, 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 look no shut the fuck up no 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 no. you made a joke you made a joke and it was unintentional <laughs> what was you know, the joke uh, so you said christianity has been a thorn in loki's side since its inception uh-huh jesus was stabbed in the side with a spear was he really <laughs> yeah he was up on the cross yeah Wait, 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 wait a minute, back up. Sorry. I did not grow up in like a like a super intense Christian household. So some dude saw a man crucified up on a cross and said, Oh my god, target practice. I mean one of the Roman soldiers, but yeah. A good shot. gonna hate this episode my my poor mom sorry mom sorry (laughs) anyway so i get into it later but christianity really has just been a major problem specifically just for loki so there's that so people can't really agree on what his origins are i don't i think i mentioned it later but it's basically kind of agreed amongst people who follow loki that loki was a hearth god um or like a the only thing I can kind of compare it to is if anyone is a Percy Jackson fan or took AP Latin and learned about Roman culture, uh, ironic, um, the Lares or the household gods, which are like my favorite gods, he's basically considered to be like the Lares. Like he's the household spirit. He just kind of evolved into more. There are multiple carvings of Loki on hearthstones in people's fireplaces in um, old, like, houses. Like, this is a reoccurring theme with him. So, there's that. I mean, it makes sense, especially if he's, like, considered to be, like, associated with every, like, ritual burning anything. Well, it's probably that he evolved into the ceremonies from his connection to fire. Because he's born from fire. He's associated with fire colors. By all accounts, he's a trickster in the sense that he he is a chaotic trickster in the sense that fire is uncontrollable. It can be wielded, but it is a dangerous power to wield or oh yield. Oh my god, he's just an arsonist. Basically. Loki oh god, that is, makes so much sense for a middle child. I need to sh- Loki is... I, I, I understand Loki's Sorry, I'm just coming to this realization right now. I understand Loki's connection with fire because fire is unpredictable, but it's not malicious. It just, it is what it is. If it is not properly cared for and attended to, it will cause destruction and downfall. If you mistreat fire, it will mistreat you back. No, which honestly, that makes total sense for everything that's happened in my past. That, but also a lot of people who turn to witchcraft in their lives who've also been abused Loki is one of the first ones to reach out to them I I have a point about that I have a point about that we get to that we get to that we get to okay. that I promise we get to that because okay. it's deeper than you think it, we, it really is deeper than you think like my brain is just like going well I know you're going a mile a minute we get there I promise you just you gotta wait two weeks you suck <laughs> sorry okay anyway into the origins of Loki's name. So looking into the like origins of God's names can really give us a good insight into what they were kind of considered to be amongst people because names do have a very important lineage about them. So some people theorize the part of his name Luke 
used in variations of his name point to the Germanic root that is associated with things in loops or knots, hooks, or locks. This association suggests further into his role in Ragnarok, and there's evidence that points to him being the cause of knots, tangles, or loops, or he himself being one. Loki is apparently the inventor of fishnets, since, um, sorry, I wrote a joke in here and I realized that I delivered the sentence wrong. <laughs> Loki Loki is apparently the inventor of fishnets, the ones that go in the ocean, not the ones that go on your legs, though he should. And the word Loki is a term for the makers of cobwebs, which are spiders. We get further into this. There are theories that come from the word spider, um, but it's more likely that it comes from the Icelandic verb meaning to end or finish. This could also link to his role in Ragnarok, since he is technically what kind of causes it. It's also linked to the word meaning knot. Historically, knots in a thread were called Loki. If one were uh, to lick the end of a thread to be able to thread it through the eye of a needle, it's the term for it is licking Loki's backside, which mood. Um, he also, again, is credited for the invention of fishnets, which are just a series of knots in strings. He's also one who tends to snag um, people's plans and like kind of cause a little bit of like chaos in them. But remember back to the fact that his wife or was it his mom? Hang on. His um, remember back to his mom being considered um, like her name comes from the word needle. If she's the needle, he's the thread, basically, is where that comes from. So and it makes sense because Loki is, again, consistently depicted in some way being bound or causing snags in other people's plans. It makes sense for him to be the god of knots or locks or some kind of captive um, force, but in a tactical sense. Does that make sense? It does, but I'm also still not over the fact that the mother-son dynamic. I, I know. He's a mama's boy. He's 100% a mama's boy. Which, you know what? That makes sense. Do you want to know why? Because so is Lucifer. Lucifer gives mama's boy's energy. I've been saying that for years. He gives mama boy energy. Except the mom is god and he is desperately trying to please god and it's never worked out queen shit okay so some people argue and i hate these people now that i've researched this some people associate loki's name with the norse word logi meaning fire but there isn't a lot of logical um like reasoning for this in fact logi is considered to be his own separate entity but some people seriously want loki and logi to be the same person even though there's literally a myth where they compete against each other in a food eating contest that's true <laughs> this just okay so you know how some of those old cartoons have like those weird episodes where it's like the main characters and they're evil twins Yes, evil counterpart. That's yes, what sounds like that's what it's it's like. it's Loki and anti Loki. But instead of naming him like Loki, like anti Loki, they named him Logie. It's Loki and Logie. Anyway, however, it is worth noting that Loki and Logie both have associations with fire, but there's no other associations between the two of them at all. So they're probably just different types of fire. There's also again no evidence that he was worshipped as like a god by like old Nor norse people 
but it's you know more considered that he was just kind of like a household deity or he might have been on the cusp of becoming a full-fledged deity when Christianity decided to know stick its nose where it didn't belong. Loki is said in mythology to have a part in the creation of man, giving him the ability to move and causing his blood to circulate and inspiring him with passion. In creation myths, a contractor approaches the gods in another myth, um, offering to build a wall around Asgard. Instead of paying him, they wager him because what are they going to do other than place bets? That's just a very godly thing to do. If he built the wall in three seasons, he would get the sun and the moon and Freya's hand in marriage. And she was pissed about this. So Loki comes in and he's like, hey, if you can build this wall with just you and your horse in one winter, so one season, you will get everything that you've ever wanted. Literally everything you've ever wanted, including probably Freya's hand in marriage. The problem is, is that this contractor could do it. He was doing it. He got to work and he would have finished it in one winter, which means Freya would have had to marry this random fucking dude. So the gods went to Loki and said, hey, you got us into this mess. You get us out of it. And Loki said, fine. So he decides to shapeshift into a mare, a very sexy female horse, and he distracts and lures away the horse of the contractor. The contractor ends up not being able to finish the wall in time, and when Loki returns to the gods, he has a little baby horse that he has birthed. And he was a very proud mama. Good for him. Later on, he has his three children with the giantess. Um, she rules over the forest of Ironwood. I don't know if that's a place. I didn't look into it. They have their three children, Hel, Fenrir, and Jormungandr. Sorry if I mispronounced that. I'm scared of it. Um, Loki was actually considered her consort because she was, like, royalty kind of. So um, the gods were not pleased that about this, especially because there was actually, like stories going around that these children what would would be what caused Ragnarok and the fall of Odin. So he decides to um take the children and basically yeet them. Just gone. Okay. If I had a nickel for every time there is like some sort of prophecy or rumor going around that something is going to be the reason why this happens and then they decide to either banish whatever, lock it up, or do something, all it does is you've created a self-fulfilling prophecy. Congratulations. You played yourself. So I have a point about that. So later on, it's argued that when Odin went to Loki and asked him to become one of the gods, because they are gods, they knew what was going to cause Ragnarok. They knew how it would play out, and they knew what would happen. They were aware of it the entire time. Odin probably went to Loki knowing that Loki would be the end of him and still brought him in as a brother. Odin knew that Loki would have these kids. He knew that even if he banished them, they would still come back after him anyway. So it sounds like instead of being foolish in the sense that they were doing these things and making their own fulfilled self-prophecy... They probably knew that this was going to happen anyway and decided to just continue to carry out how it must be. Because the way that 
the way that it's been explained to me, and I've heard this from a lot of other Norse pagans, is the gods, the the the, Rag, the Ragnarok cycle, it's a cycle. It continuously happens over and over and over again. So a lot of Norse pagans actually believe that Ragnarok has already happened. But it's a cycle. We're in the second cycle. And so, or the third cycle or whatever, like this, it's a cycle that continues on. So they know what the story is because they, they've lived it or they're smart enough or they have the foresight to know that it's going to happen anyway. So is it dumb for Odin to do this? Yes, but he probably knew that it was going to happen anyway. And he still was desperate to save any a shred of his mortality because what's very different about the Norse gods versus what people are used to with the Christian gods is the Norse gods are not immortal. They're not like, you know, omnipotent and perfect like the Christian god. That's that's not how they are. They are people. They have motives. They have love and passion and they make mistakes and they make up for it. Like they're people. They're gods, but they still act like people. They're not like the Christian God who is immortal and has existed before time. Like Odin was born. Odin has children who were born. They were born in fantastical ways. Sure. But they're still mortal. Loki actually is responsible for at some point, the gods losing their continued longevity by fucking up the apples that they eat to be able to survive that give them basically their quote-unquote immortality. But they're constantly struggling with the fact that they will die one day. So even though they know that that's coming, they still do things to continue to try and push it off, knowing full well that it's completely futile, but they can't probably get over that instinct of wanting to save themselves. Odin knew no matter what he did, Ragnarok was going to happen. And he knew that if he cast them away or not, he was still going to die. But in that moment, he acted humanly and impulsively and did what he wanted to do, knowing it wouldn't matter anyway, but just trying anyway, which is so much more important to me than anything that anything Christianity could touch. Sorry, I got, I got a little heated. No, no, it, I totally understand because honestly, like I understand the cycle, but I also wonder if at different, like, different cycles through Ragnarok if they actually still let the same things play out or if they try different things because like you said they are all they act so human at times do you think that maybe they try different things like and we just happen to have the stories from the first Ragnarok cycle where like I don't know because it's the sorry I cut you off there it's it's a very small amount of people who think that Ragnarok have already has already happened it's a very small amount of people. I think it's widely accepted that Ragnarok has not happened yet, but also this is going to this is going to this is going to upset a lot of um white neo-pagans. Sorry. If you went from Christianity to Norse paganism, I need you to take your internalized Christian values and get them out of my mythology for 2 seconds and then we can continue this conversation. Okay. So it is generally accepted that while there are the stories of the gods, while this is important, the gods are not real. The gods are not people who walk and eat and breathe. And people who are from 
the these areas from these uh, Scandinavian cultures. <clears throat> they understand that Loki is not a physical god who is sitting up on a cloud watching them. Loki is the embodiment of fire. Fire is Loki. You know, Tyr is rage and war and Odin is, you know, whatever the fuck he is. I don't even know. But, you know, Thor isn't actually, there isn't a person up there with a physical body of Thor who's throwing down lightning strikes like whatever. Lightning is the embodiment of Thor. Thor is lightning. It's not that, it's like, I don't want to explain this. It makes sense in my head, but it's so hard to explain. There is no hard, physical, tangible person named Loki. Loki is what Loki is. Odin is what Odin is. These things are interchangeable. Loki is knots. Loki is chaos. Loki is problems. Loki is fire. You know, it's it's not in the same sense as Christianity. So do they act impulsively in human? Yes. Are these entirely stories that are told to show people how, you know, it's these stories, these mythologies, they're not blueprints for how to live your life. If you want to live like Loki, you don't go fuck a horse, you know? But, I mean, do what you want to do, but that's illegal. Not in a, some not in some states. We're moving past that. We're we're moving on. But Loki the 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 Norse mythology is not an example of how to live your life in like a god's honoring way. You don't have to live in a house made of wood with a straw roof and, you know, beat your wife every Sunday. Like that's not how this works. These stories are meant to just be stories. They're just stories. They're just there to tell people things and explain things about the world around us, but they're not they're not taken as seriously as Christianity is. Which leads me into my next shit after this, which is Loki and Christianity, but I know you have thoughts, so I'll let you speak because I still have more to say about his origins as far as like his name goes. So go ahead and say what you're gonna say. I know Christianity is big on the God is real, God is a thing, God is not necessarily tangible, but God exists. And I wonder if it's not so much, trying to figure out how to phrase this, I wonder if it's not so much the Christianity bit, but also other religions, such as like Romans and Greeks, their gods were like, they were, their gods were similar to the Christian God. They believe, really? Sorry. Mythos is shaking their head because I was always told that they believed that the gods were legit. Is that a Christian? The so Christian. You got it. You got back, it. You got it. Christianity looked back and turned it into that. History is always written by the people who succeeded. I see. So what we know, and the translations that we have, are written from the direct bias of the person who wrote it which 99.9% of the time is a Christian bias. And the example that I'm going to use for this, and I love I love this. So there's a word in Latin. I cannot for the life of me remember this word. There is a word in Latin that basically means like a, a god, 
you know, but it's not able to be translated into English properly because English is so it, it's a Christian based language. Let's be real here. English is a Christian based language. So how we understand concept is not how they understand concept. This one word pokes through that that barrier really well. The word translates to God and their godly powers. But it's not just a God in a tangible sense. The word means the God and everything it is. It's the air around the God. It's the God's abilities. It's the God as a concept. It's an abstract thing that this God is. So if you were to use this word to describe, um, uh, give me a Roman God. Um, that is an Aries. You know. I think like a lot of people pronounce her name Juno. Mm -hmm. It's you. I don't know anything about her. Give me a different one. Give me a god I know. Uh, Jupiter. Jupiter. Okay. I, I can... picked up how I pronounced his name from you, by the way. You're welcome. Oh no, I'm just gonna do this with a god that I know. Never mind. I'm sorry. Give me two seconds. I gotta think of a Roman god. Oh, Apollo. We'll do Apollo. Apollo's Greek. Who Apollo's is both Greek and Roman? Yes. Oh, oh, Dionysus. Right? He's Greek and Roman. Yeah, his Roman name is Bacchus, I think. Yes, so we'll do Dionysus, which I don't feel like saying his Roman name. So if I were to use this word in aspects of Dionysus, I'm not just saying Dionysus. I'm saying I'm saying wine. I'm saying joy. I'm saying death. I'm saying destruction. I'm saying, you know, the, the grief, the, the feeling, the air around it. I'm saying the the feeling of walking into a room that has been warmed by people you know what i mean like it's it's not i'm not saying aries i'm saying i'm saying rage i'm saying justice i'm saying the concept of something being brought forth and satisfied in a sense that everyone feels like they've been vindicated that's what i mean when I say that word. And so when, sorry, I got really heated there for a second. So, so when I say like, when, when people talk about these gods in the sense of like, like, and I get into this later, but Christianity has completely destroyed how people view religions outside of Christianity and Norse mythology and, you know, Roman mythology even have been completely destroyed by this. Like consider Pompeii, you know, the earthquakes and the rage and the rumble and whatever. They were having a, they were literally on the verge of having a festival celebrating the God that pertains over those things. And it all came crashing down around them. They didn't think that this God forsaked them. It felt like the, the earth itself was fighting them back. You know, you know, that thing that you love so much when you're in a Jaeger, you feel like you can fight the hurricane. Oh my God, yes. That's that feeling. It's the feeling of that, that it's, it's a feeling. It's not just being in a Jaeger. It's the feeling. It's the Jaeger itself. It's what it's made of. It's the power it holds. It's what it gives to you. It's what it does for people. It's what it can go against. It's all of that. That's what it is. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And honestly, that makes so much sense with everything I've looked at. Like, because I was raised in a very Christian household, like, this is not a secret to anybody anymore. But I was 
like looking at everything, I can actually kind of see where the Christian influences are. And whenever I first dove into paganism, I could kind of pick up on it, but because I was so excited to be something out, like be something that wasn't Christian, I kind of ignored it because that was something I was so used to. But like the more I've done research, the more I've done everything, it's kind of like Christianity has literally, I hate using this phrase, but literally has like tentacles everywhere and things. You can just say tendrils or that's worse somehow. It like, has its fingers in everyone's pies. I, that feels worse somehow because like Christianity pie. is... pie. Oh my God, I have pie. Whatever. <clears throat> no, because Christianity to me, it feels like almost like a giant octopus somehow. Like, do you remember the fucking Hydra logo from the Marvel franchise? Yeah. With like its fucking tentacles Hell everywhere. Hydra, man. <laughs> it looks like that. That to me... Whenever I visualize Christianity, it looks like that. And it is so bizarre. But it makes total sense now. It's very difficult to take away that bias that you've been given. And, you know, just kind of exist outside of that. And and um, the I cannot recommend this book strongly enough. Uh, Psychos was actually nice enough to get it for me uh, for um, the holidays. But the book Loki and Sigan. Um, it's one of my references, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you the author now. It's by Leah Svensson. Um, she wrote this book and she is a follower of Loki and she's like generationally um, pagan, which I'm discovering is actually not the proper word to use for people, but um, she works with Loki and she wrote this book in devotion to him. And if you really want to get an idea of how Christianity has really fucked over Loki, I think this is an amazing book to read. She is a lot of what my, my sources are in this book, but, um, they're in this research, but, um, he's really been like fucked over by Christianity. And that's what I'm actually going to get into my next episode is how badly Christianity has fucked Loki over specifically, like just Loki. Like, it's actually caused him to be banned in certain places. Um, anyway. Anyway, I didn't even finish my thing. So, yeah. um, Odin, Odin yeeted the babies, basically. That's where we left off. So, uh, Jormungandr, the world snake, he was thrown into the ocean and he grew so big that he surrounded Midgard, which is the, the human realm. And he was so big that he actually ended up being able to bite his own tail. So, the world snake. That's why he's called the world snake. Fuck that. Fenrir was tricked into being bound by Tyr. That's how Tyr lost his hand. And Hel was made the leader of um, Helheim, which is uh, like the underworld, which uh, I think Hel is actually where the word Christian Hel comes from. They bastardized it because um, Hel was not a fiery, dark, evil place. It was just the underworld, similar to Hades. Like, hell's her name and hell's the place. Hades is the name. Hades is the place. So, Loki's other two children with Sigyn are um, Nari and Vali. The gods punished Loki. And this is a very bastardized way of saying this. I keep saying bastardized. This is a very basic way of saying this. Loki was punished after he basically crashed a party, killed a servant, got thrown out, and then crashed it again. What actually happened, which makes more sense. So, they went to a party in Aegir's domain. I that's not how you pronounce it. I know I was a Latin kid. I pronounce it Aegir Sumi. Aegir is the god of basically the ocean. It's a very basic way of saying it. 
So the, everyone went to a party at Igear's house, basically. Odin was drinking, as you do. The problem is, is that Loki and Odin basically had an agreement when they became blood brothers, which is that if Odin drinks, Loki drinks. And Loki was not being served. And it's a very minor thing, but it's basically, you made a deal, and Odin wasn't keeping up his part of the bargain by saying that Loki needed to drink. Loki needed to drink with him. Loki needed to be served and respected. And so Loki was pissed about that because he basically just broke the oath of blood brotherhood. What are you looking for? The cookies are a running thing this episode. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. So Loki got pissed and he killed one of Aegir's servants. Valid. So he got kicked out. And he decided, no, fuck you. This is good enough for me to get angry about. I deal with your shit all the time. You made a deal with me. We are blood brothers and you're not going to let me drink. So he came back into the party and was like, fuck you guys. And he started telling all of the gods' secrets. All of them. Every single secret got spilled by Loki because he knew all of them. The gods got pissed off because they disrespected Loki. He lashed out. They kicked him out. He came back. They disrespected him again. And he said, all right, fuck you guys. And so they decided to punish him because they started this problem in the first place. Sounds familiar. I did not know this until I did this research, and I'm pissed for Loki. As punishment, Loki was bound to a rock and had snake venom dripped onto him. (sighs) I'm so angry. The thing that he was bound with was his son's own internal organs. Vali was turned into a wolf and forced to kill Nari. We don't know what happened to Vali after this, but Nari's insides were used to tie Loki down. And it's said that when Loki breaks from those bonds, when he manages to tear through his own son's internal organs, that is when he starts Ragnarok. Which means you took a mother... You killed her kid. You had her kids basically kill each other. Tied her down with her kid's organs and then said, it's your fault. And then everyone gets mad at Loki for causing Ragnarok. I would cause Ragnarok. Oh, in a heartbeat. I'm sorry. I'm. You're getting emotional. I was too. I was pissed. And Sigyn never leaves his side because she's catching the venom being poured on her husband while he's tied down with her kid's organs. Those, that's her son. Anyway, moving on. That's a good enough reason to attack them, in my personal opinion. Uh, I would cause a... Mm-hmm. There is no... Mm-hmm. No, it's... Force. Mm-hmm. It's bad. This is what a mother should do. No, I fully agree. I fully agree. It's terrible. Um. Okay, so the, the thing I'm going to end on here is... For Loki just possibly being a spider or a basic bitch, he has had a lot of influence on Norse people norse everything so he is the direct reason why a lot of the greatest things that the gods have were created and i think you might know this myth basically i don't know how the fuck this started oh okay so loki cut off thor's wife's hair i don't know why but he did cut off her hair and thor basically said you have to get her new hair buy her a wig something so loki was like that's so much work for elmo so he goes to these two different brothers not like their brothers they're like like sets of brothers or whatever he goes to these two dwarves i think 
and is basically like, oh, you should make me this or you should make me that. And he basically pits them against each other in a contest to make the greatest gifts for the gods and they'll be presented to the gods. So they're basically competing to prove that they can make like the best shit, right? They present their gifts to the gods and the payment or the whatever is if this if the dwarves can make these things perfectly then you know they get to cut off loki's head they get loki's head basically so loki he turns into a fly and he fucks up he like annoys the shit out of the guy who's like pumping the the furnace to like smelt the shit and he fucks it up the dwarf fucks it up royally fucks it up so what he makes isn't 100% perfect but um, he, like, minorly fucks it up or whatever. But basically, it's, like, if one person wins, then and whatever and whatever. So they just want to kill Loki, basically. So the things that are created, um, Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, came out of this contest. Um, his wife also got new hair. And Odin's ring, Draupnir, um, which drips eight new gold rings every single fucking day for some reason. And the spear, uh, Gungnir. Um, which is a spear that never misses, that came from this. Also, Freya was given um, a ship that has always has perfect winds and it can fold up into your pocket. And she was given a golden boar faster than any horse. So the greatest things the gods have came from Loki doing what Loki does. This is also the myth that gives him one of his additional names, which is the bringer of gifts. So there's that. So Loki is St. Nicholas confirmed. And since we are at three hours, I'll go ahead and end it there. Next episode, we're going to talk about Christianity and the way that it fucked over Loki. And guess what? I mentioned Hitler. We talk about why Nazis are a thing in Norse paganism. Oh, yeah. Okay, so next episode's just not going to be fun for oh, anybody. Next episode's going to piss a lot of people off, but it's literally the guideline for how to work with and worship Loki also from someone who works with loki so you're welcome also for anyone who does follow loki i was specifically told to do this episode by loki so you're welcome hope he likes it i hope so too oh no so i thought this episode was gonna be fun on the last half it we ended not. up crying over loki well i think that concludes our <laughs> we first... do not remember how to do an episode ah. <laughs> i think no like just a fair so warning bizarre. i'm gonna get really angry next episode i hate when people put their christianity in my shit oh big same you want to hear me rage about the pure <sighs> there's some shit that incompetency of any sort of law enforcement Next episode's gonna be your friend. That being said, I think this ends the very first part one of a two-parter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With many more to come. <sighs> Baby's first two-parter. Can only get worse from here, I guess. And it will. Next episode is terrible. This is the setup for the shit that we gotta deal with next episode. Anyway... I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I know it's probably really awkward, but again, we've just forgotten how to fucking record. But it'll be better next time. And then we'll have, um, we will have more, um, fun question mark things going on next time. Uh, n fun is in 
rage. We will have more rage going on next time. Hope everyone enjoyed it. We'll be we'll be, uh, we'll be back next week. Also, I'm sorry to the Christians that I offended. I'm not sorry that I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry that you're offended. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week. I know two-parters are really awkward to end because we don't really have any final words because we got heated halfway through this. But hopefully you'll enjoy next time. Hopefully you guys had happy holidays. Hopefully everything was good and hopefully everyone is just holding their loved ones a little closer right now given everything that is going on in the world and to anyone who lost anyone over the holidays I am so sorry and also um pleased send I don't want to say thoughts and prayers because it does nothing, but please push for aid to get to Japan right now. Um, They are going through it and continue to fight the good fight and not allow beautiful cultures to get wiped off of this planet. You crying? You big baby? (laughs) I'm so glad that we don't do video episodes. You know what sucks? You know what really, really, really sucks? Is I really want to... Sorry, I'm messing with a wine bottle opener. Wrong podcast. I... What really sucks is I really, really, really want to talk about Masada. Because it is like... I don't want to say my favorite because it was like a mass suicide. It was a mass murder. I really want to talk about Masada. But I don't want to give the wrong idea on which side of this... Um, it's not even a conflict... It's a one-sided issue. Um, I don't want to put... I don't want to give the wrong impression of where I stand. But I really want to talk about Masada. Um, And anyone who knows Masada knows what I'm talking about when I say that talking about it would really put us on the wrong side of things. So I just... I... It's really frustrating. Do you know what Masada is? Of course I do. A little backstory about Mythos. Uh, not mythos, psychos. Me, I. <laughs> you psychos, <laughs> me mythos. <laughs> Shut up. No, like I am obsessed with not obsessed, but like I enjoy researching Jonestown. It is something that completely fascinates me. Jim Jones used Masada as an example of what they did. Oh yikes! So I know what Masada is and how. Like most things Jim Jones did, he completely bastardized it for his own personal use. I'm going to wait until people stop using their trauma as an excuse to inflict that same trauma onto others. Maybe I'll do an episode on um, uh, the Muslim faith. Muslim faith? What is the Muslim? It's Muslim, but it's not. It's Islam, right? It's Islam, yeah. Muslims are people that practice Islam. Correct. I actually don't know anything about Islam. So maybe I'll do an episode on that. Ooh, and like whenever you do decide to talk about Masada, it could be like whenever I finally have that like long ass series on Jonestown. It's going to it's going to be like a multi-week thing. I am not sorry, but there's just so much to get into. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I could probably have like a spin-off podcast just talking about Jonestown and you going like inserting once in a while going, damn, that's crazy. Okay. Can you finish us out? 
We will see you next week with the conclusions of... No, we won't. We will see you the week after next week. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you in two weeks with more energy, less monster, no cookies, and the conclusion as to why people need to stop putting their Christianity where it doesn't belong. Yeah, we'll see you the week after next with the conclusions to the Hinterkaifeck case. And the conclusion to uh, Loki's troubled past. Thank you for listening. Have a good night. Stay safe. Keep learning. Fuck Oppenheimer. God damn it. Can't win. <laughs>